0: and responsible gaming resources.
1: You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge, Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field, it is caught by Tyree. Welcome back for another edition of the Chris and Joe Show. Today's episode was supposed to be a mailbag episode here for the Chris and Joe Show, but we got so many questions about Nate Solder and what that means for the Giants' offensive line situation, what it means for the cap, what it means just for the roster in general. And because of all that, we decided to say, hey, let's not make this a mailbag, but rather let's talk about Nate Soldier because if you could assume... Losing your starting left tackle, albeit he has struggled, has huge impacts on your roster based on the cap, based on where guys will rotate over and fit in on, in the starting lineup and, and in the depth chart. All of that is going to be covered on today's episode. This is strictly a Nate Solder offensive line show. Anything related to the decision by Solder to opt out because of concerns with COVID-19 his own health issues as well as health issues that his son is currently battling uh currently battling cancer so he, that was obviously a major thing on Solder's plate understandable reason for him to choose to opt out now it begs the question for us and also for the Giants coaching staff in front office to figure out how do they piece everything together for this 2020 season with Solder completely out of the mix so Chris First thing that I think everyone is really wanting to know is what happens exactly with this offensive line. And the first thing I kept seeing from people that were sending us questions or just remarks about the offensive line were Andrew Thomas is now a lock to be the left tackle. Is that pretty much safe to say or should we be considering other people?
2: Yeah, I would say that's pretty safe to say, you know. Barring a trade of some sort or signing a free agent, I don't even know who—I don't think anyone's out there who would really be an adequate replacement at left tackle. Andrew Thomas is going to be the left tackle, which, honestly, that's kind of where we were anyway. So in some respects, this does make things maybe a little bit easier on the Giants because Andrew Thomas played left tackle the last two years at Georgia— He hasn't had an off-season. He's not going to have a preseason. So just instead of trying to have him relearn the mirrored techniques that he would need to play right tackle, just keep building on what he already knows, what he's already familiar with, and just slot him in at left tackle that is probably the shortest learning curve he could have, and really left tackle isn't any more difficult, any less difficult really than right tackle. It's the two sides are really the same. He's going to be facing good defensive players on either side. So, you know, really the idea that your best offensive lineman should be your left tackle that I think is antiquated and really doesn't apply anymore. Just slotting the rookie in where he is comfortable already where he has been practicing the last couple of years, he already has those movement patterns patterns ingrained. He doesn't have to unlearn them and then relearn the movement patterns for right tackle. To me, that all just makes sense. And really not having solder there makes it easy. Maybe not easy overall, but just that one specific decision. it makes it easier
1: <laughs> also, something that we've talked about on the show before, the deal with who plays left and right tackle for any lineup sometimes is a case of physical compatibility. Now some guys can play both, not got, not everybody can play both, but Andrew Thomas is seemingly more co- uh, comfortable playing left tackle considering the amount of time that he spent at left tackle in his career at Georgia. So th- this is somewhat of a blessing in disguise, in my opinion, because you get to keep Thomas at the position that he's practiced at and played games at for multiple years now. You don't have to ask him to flip if you wanted him to play right tackle and refigure out his steps, his alignment, uh, how to be comfortable. Now he's going to start off right off the bat at left tackle. It is a much easier transition for him than him to try and play a completely different position if that is what they wanted to do. Now becomes the biggest query of... This situation, which is who is now the right tackle? Because I, it's pretty safe to assume that Thomas is the left tackle. I don't really see anybody in play that makes even more sense for that left tackle position because you, you'd be wasting your time not getting Thomas those reps at a spot that he should be playing over the next five to 10 years. Now for right tackle, though, who becomes that guy? There's a couple players in the mix here now Cam Fleming, Nick Gates. Matt Parrott, Cam Fleming provides an option for the Giants to stick with a veteran presence type player, a guy that has been in the league but has been more of a backup. So that seems to be the biggest upside of going with Fleming is that he's been there. He would provide a strong leadership because he's been in the league before and he started in multiple games.
2: Yeah, uh, Fleming has the advantage of that. He would probably be a more steady presence, which, again, without the offseason, without the preseason, with a disrupted training camp, there is absolutely an appeal to having a guy who he might not be spectacular. He, he might not even be a guy you really want to have start, but he at least knows what to do. He has seen more than a little action at offensive tackle in the NFL. And also he knows the system. He knows the offensive system. He knows the blocking scheme. He knows Mark Colombo. He knows Jason Garrett. So all of that, I think, are pretty strong marks in his favor, especially with a an inexperienced quarterback behind them. Having that extra bit of stability, dependability, that I think you know could be, pretty appealing to the Giants coaching staff. Now, they could also decide to go in the direction of one of the younger players if they think they are the future, just you know, get them out there, get them experience. There's also, I think, the question, especially with Nick Gates, who is going to be in the competition, what happens at the center position?
1: Yeah, Gates is the one player in this that is a bit of a wild card because we've talked about Nick Gates being a candidate for that center position. And then we've discussed how right now it might be a little bit tough for him to make that transition with limited reps going forward. So now Nick Gates goes from being a candidate for the center spot to seemingly a candidate for the right tackle spot. He is the second name and I think the, the second favorite for this position. We saw Gates step in last year in a couple of different games. He was able to perform well, not anything that was overly elite to a point where we were extremely excited to know that we have uh, a young player in the mix that is ready to step in and play. But he showed flashes. He showed a lot of really good play, playing at guard, playing a number of different spots when they needed somebody to fill in for injured players. If it was Mike Remmers, Kevin Zeitler, that kind of stuff is a lot of positives going forward to make this decision? Do you decide to go with a guy that flashed it, that he's capable of being a decent quality starter? Do you decide to go with that instead of someone who's been a little bit more stable and been in the league for a longer period of time?
2: Yeah. And that I think is going to be a really interesting question to keep an eye on just how they, how the giants decide to try to shuffle reshuffle their offensive line to get the best lineup out there. You know, they, could decide that maybe Gates' ability to play two, three, four, you know, however many offensive line positions he is able to play, maybe that is valuable enough. They want to keep him in reserve just in case. So if something else happens, you know, during training camp or maybe early in the season, they can just plug him in rather than have to move him from, say, center out to right tackle or center to guard or from right tackle to guard or center. I would honestly be a little bit surprised if just given everything going on and all of the constraints on training camp and getting the team ready. If the giants do go through a bunch of different offensive line combinations, I would kind of expect them to just try to pick out what they think is going to be their best lineup right away. And, stick with that until they have reason to change. The final
1: player that fits into all this is one of the more intriguing options, that being Matt Peart, the third-round draft pick out of UConn. We've talked very highly of Peart and what he's capable of doing. The one thing that, if you recall, that we've said about him is that he's very, very high upside. He brings a lot to the table, but is more so a few years away, if not at least a year away from being able to start because he needs to work on his upper body strength. Because of what we're dealing with now, Parrott is suddenly in this equation for the right tackle spot. And I see it as if they decide to go with Parrot, it is going against players that have been in the league and rather saying, all right, we know Parrot is going to be our guy in a few years from now. We're hoping that he will be that right tackle two, three seasons from 2020. So why not, if we're forced in this situation, to put somebody else out there, put the guy out there that might not be exactly ready, but has that upside and help him develop by getting game reps instead of just sitting on the bench the whole season. And you're going to get a lot of messy plays with two bookend rookie tackles on opposite ends but it's more of a let's just see what happens. Hope for the best. We're focused on development towards the future.
2: Yeah, and it is entirely possible that the Giants could look at it and say, you know what, let's take this opportunity. Thomas and Parrot. There are bookends going forward. Thomas at left tackle, Parrot at right tackle. Parrot played right tackle at UConn. So again, that's a shorter. Learning curve for him than if, say, the Giants tried to switch them and make Thomas the right tackle and parrot the left tackle because traditionally their body types fit those archetypes a little bit better. But just stick with what they know, and you know, there's no guarantee we even get a full season, so why not get them experience? And if this winds up being a lost season, then at least. The giants can get some something positive out of it something that helps to build towards the future because we only wind up seeing eight games played and the season goes down in history with an asterisk next to it and no super bowl champion it doesn't really matter if cam fleming was the right tackle but if parrot can have some experience he if he can go through his growing pains now when you know, maybe it doesn't matter as much and maybe come out that much better for 2021. I said before that there is a definite appeal to Cam Fleming, you know, if the Giants want to be as competitive as possible. But looking towards the future, there's an appeal there for Matt Parrott as well, or Nick Gates for that matter.
1: If you know anything about Nate Solder, the one thing that you should know is he is getting paid a lot of money to be the Giants left tackle. Now with the opt out decision by players that are in really difficult health situations that choose to do so what the way that this works out is that that cap hit doesn't it doesn't disappear but he is not being paid his normal salary he is taking $150,000 and choosing not to be paid his game by game salary so now this opens up space for the Giants to go out and sign someone. That was a big question that we were getting when we were polling for mailbag questions, was, all right, we have seemingly all this money. Who can the Giants go sign for what they have available? We're going to get to that. Before we do, though, we're just going to take a really quick commercial break. Chris, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm very interested in the available options for the Giants if they decide to use the available money to them to go out and sign a higher quality free agent that is still currently available. There's one guy that's on my mind right now, Chris, who I was preaching for and begging for the whole offseason, then all that cap space disappeared, and now it's all back. That's Jadavion Clowney, and I think that the Giants need to not mess around with this, and they need to just go sign the guy to a one-year deal. Whatever he's asking for, put him out there, get the Giants a pass rush. We absolutely need to see it.
2: Yeah, how'd I know you were going to go there first? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, assuming the Giants do decide to, we'll say, reinvest the whatever cap money is freed up from Nate Solder opting out, that should at least be the first avenue they explore is getting a pass rusher you know whether it is clowny maybe everson griffin uh i believe ziggy ansa might still be on the street as well i i don't have a the list up right in front of me which is poor preparation on my part but we'll soldier on getting that pass rush finding a number one alpha pass rusher who can who Marcus Golden and O'Shane Zimenez and Kyler Fackrell and Lorenzo Carter can all complement. That really should be a priority for the Giants. That will help out really everything with their defense. That will help out their linebackers in coverage. That will help out the defensive tackles because offenses will actually have a threat that they will have to devote resources to in their blocking schemes. And it will help out the secondary, which... Even though they have added resources to it, it's still kind of a mess. So if they can take pressure off the secondary, if they can develop that natural pass rush without having to resort to blitzes, they should by all means do it.
1: Now, maybe pass rush isn't the front office's taste right now. Maybe that's not what they want to dip their fingers into. Maybe because DeAndre Baker will probably not see any snaps this year because of being put on the commissioner's exempt list, they decide to go with corner. Well, it just so happens there's a very talented veteran corner on the market who somehow made the NFL Top 100 list, that being Logan Ryan, is still available for the Giants to go sign. So I think he needs to be the second 1B option that the Giants should pursue. They need that additional veteran presence on the outside. They can probably get him cheaper than his original asking price. He'll be cheaper than Clowney because he's a 29-year-old cornerback. And you don't need to worry about going out there with Corey Ballantyne or Sam Beal if they're not fully prepared to do so. So you go get Logan Ryan. He'll get the job done, and you'll go from having a disgusting cornerback duo that we saw last year constantly getting beat to two veterans that have been very solid and consistent throughout their careers
2: yeah and logan ryan actually does offer multiple options for the giants because he has he has done his best work as a slot corner so he's capable of playing on the outside but if beal or ballantyne show they're able to take that responsibility as the number two corner on the outside across from bradbury well then logan ryan can start in the slot and all of a sudden you don't have to worry about you know is darnay holmes ready is can grant haley kind of step up and match his coverage to his tackling ability you know you've got a veteran slot corner and there are a number of very good slot receivers in the nfc east so that i think would help out the Giants defense as a whole as well maybe not quite to the uh extent that a true number one pass rusher would but it would certainly take a lot more pressure off of all of the young secondary players
1: other available options that I would consider viable availabilities for adding to this Giants roster that fill current needs First being Justin Britt. That would solve the center issue because instead of having to go through a competition and maybe putting in a guy that you're not overly excited about, you go with Justin Britt who is a veteran center who's been in the league for a while. Not the best available player, not the best center to really put out there and start, but you're getting a guy that knows what he's doing. Simplify the slide protection calls picking up blitzes, someone who's just been there to ease this transition of probably having two very unexperienced tackles. And then the last player that's in the mix here, Chris, Everson Griffin. Now, I don't think he's the best available option for a pass rusher just based on scheme fit. I consider Everson Griffin to be more of a base 4-3 defensive end, and right now the Giants aren't exactly running that. They've got a lot of heavy guys I don't know if that's what you would want for your pass rusher. Because he is on the bigger side. He's 6'3", 270. That's what you want in a four three defensive end. But he is an, an availability. If the Giants want to go out, spend that money, and go, get another veteran pass rusher that's cheaper than Jadevian Clowney.
2: Yeah, but I think both of those guys are options. Uh, when it comes to center, I recently wrote a piece for big blue view looking at guys who are on, already on other teams rosters who are not free agents that the giants could either make waiver wire claims on or have sorry i just sent me a message or perhaps guys the giants could sign after final cutdowns and the one that i keep coming back to is joe looney uh of the Cowboys. He is, he was their starting center two years ago when Travis Frederick missed the season dealing with Guillaume Bure and he could be on the outside looking in. So I would keep my eye out for him before Justin, before signing Justin Britt. But if the giants wanted to reinforce their offensive line, especially if they have to rely on a couple of rookies on the outside, Britt is absolutely a, an option. And Griffin again he is a good player. He might not be exactly what the Giants need for this scheme, but schemes can be adapted. And hopefully Patrick Graham would would be flexible enough to adapt to Griffin if they decide to sign him and he it, he does turn out to be one of their best pass rushing options. I think there is one other option and that is to not spend the money at all. You know that is not as fun as speculating about who the Giants could spend it on, they could save that money for a rainy day during the season. Like, you know, say somebody does get sick. If football is played, injuries will occur. I mean, there's no if about that. Injuries will happen. And if the Giants have to go out and sign a free agent in the middle of the season, they're going to need the money to do so. Or they could also save that money and try to roll it over into 2021 when the salary cap is expected to go down. Those, I think, are options we really should consider as realistic for the Giants, even though it's not as fun as you know signing Clowney.
1: Yeah, they are realistic to choose to not spend the money because of the difficult cap situation, possibilities of guys getting sick. I will say, though, I think that the Giants are still in a very good position to make, doesn't have to be a huge splash, but somewhat of a splash, They have a very unique situation. There's free agents that normally wouldn't be available available because of COVID. There is now just randomly free cap room. I would lean towards being a bit surprised if they didn't sign someone. That's just how I see it. Just based on having all that available space, having a unique circumstance. Why not go out and sign someone to a one-year deal that is just looking for an offer for a good one-year deal to come in and play, show that they can still play, and then go make their money with a normal offseason. I, I think that at the very least they could get a, a, a f- team-friendly deal in this type of a a climate and, and situation. Well, that's going to be it for this episode of The Chris and Joe Show. Thank you for tuning in as always, everybody. Uh, be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you may be listening to us. And also, go to our website, BigBlueView.com. Dot com And follow us on social media Big Blue View At Big Blue View on Twitter And uh, Instagram Also follow me At Joe DeLeon And Chris At Raptor M-K-I-I Next episode Should be our safeties For our next preview